Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. You get it, Kev? Oh, yeah, you know, just, uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. Oh, the, 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 the baseball analogy. Oh, the... uh, yeah, come on, you think I... Well, Yaki I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, just, uh, f*** you, DT. What do you think about that, Kev? Oh, well, uh, Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner? And, uh, uh yeah, um... Uh, 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> Dontony.com. Cut the music. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, out of shape, dot. Wait a minute. I'm fat and out of shape. Never mind. Never mind. All right, I know it was goofy, everybody, but hey, you know, I wore the tribute shirt. I let everybody vote as far as what shirt I was going to wear tonight to pay tribute to uh, a legend from yesteryear. This is the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show for July 20th, 2020, 7 2020. I am Don, Tony, and join along with me is... Kev Castle, and let's lose that outdated intro. Batista hasn't been here for 10 years. Yeah, well, we need producers to make the music, you know. But then again, you know, I have that generic music that I play for the Don Tony show, and, you know, maybe we could just start using that. We'll see. I want you uh, sick well, of it all, but it's got to yeah. go through music producers, and if I don't do it through a music producer, then it gets a copyright flag, and, oh, oh, oh. Um, you know, unfortunately, oh. I have looked into it, and I've gotten zero replies. No replies whoa, 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 for six whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. You know, we, me and Draper have a personal relationship with the band. With the band it's got to be done through a music producer, their record company. They sign the, the, the band, a contract. The no say. They sign a contract, and the record company is the one that has to sign off on it with YouTube. They actually have to submit um, some type of uh, an authorization saying that the, sh the song could be used, and I've actually looked into it twice and have gotten no response. Hell, no, I can't even use my Disco Wednesday song. A disco song that's been not played since 1976. I think it reached like 480 in the top 500 of R&B songs. I can't even get that. So, uh, anyway... 
Monday Night Raw, you know, interesting show. Everybody out there that did not check out the Extreme Rules pay-per-view recap that we did last night, I strongly suggest everybody check it out. Not only because we got into match by match by match, but a lot of what we said yesterday actually happened today to the T. From MVP, not really the champion, and Apollo Crews is still the champion, and blah, 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 blah. And by the way, we got news on Apollo Crews. I know I rhymed, in case you didn't know it, I'm a poet. Uh, also, Oscar um, and Sasha Banks. That, um, you know, I know we're going a little bit out of place here, but, you know, yesterday, you know, we were talking about what the scenarios probably would be, and I said that... They'll probably milk it, you know, because there's so much time between now and SummerSlam. And eventually, you know, Oscar will still be the champion and they'll have another match and it'll lead to Shayna Baszler. And Shayna Baszler versus Oscar makes more sense than Shayna Baszler versus Sasha Banks. And hell, now with Stephanie coming back, the authority figure, you know, there was no winner yesterday. So she interjects. Don't know why she didn't address MVP walking around with someone else's belt. But, hey, you know, we're not supposed to think that far ahead. But Stephanie comes out and says that next week it'll be Sasha Banks versus Asuka, and that will once and for all determine who is the Raw Women's Champion. And if anybody gets involved, any DQ or anything like that, that person could lose. So Asuka could technically lose the title by a disqualification. And they did show Shayna Baszler in the back today scouting the match. So you could see it. I mean, everything that we said is falling right into place. Would not surprise me if next week Bailey forces herself upon the match, maybe causes Sasha to get disqualified. Sasha gets pissed off at Bailey, and maybe that leads to those two going at it at SummerSlam. Hell, we even joked last week that. Andrade and Angel Gaza will probably have a little bit of a falling out, and maybe they will have a match at SummerSlam. You know, so a lot of things seem to be falling into place. But overall, what did you think of Raw tonight? It's better than the pay-per-view, that's for sure. Really? I, I thought of, yeah, you didn't think so? I think it was better than the pay-per-view, yeah. Um, You know, look, you know, like I said yesterday, and I know some people really got angry with my review. You know, I, I, I once again, you know, I don't like clickbaiting. And if you notice people, I mean, so many podcasters out there, they clickbait not only with the titles, but even with the banners. And they'll just like really exaggerate things. And it's just to get you to click. And it does work. I mean, I get a little tempted to do it myself. But, you know, the thing is, is that... The tag match yesterday was excellent. Sasha versus Asuka was great. But since I've seen it so much, and mean you, we're going to get it again next week. You know, Bailey, you know, the outcome of Sasha's match was kind of ridiculous. You know, then we get the fucking, you know, eye for an eye, you know, which was ridiculous. And they open up with that today. You know, if you dissect it, you know, it, it could have been so much better if they just tweaked a couple of things. In fact, there was news going around today that Oscar originally was supposed to defeat Sasha at uh, the pay-per-view yesterday. But Vince McMahon made an audible and said, no, we'll do the clusterfuck finish. 
We now milk it for two extra weeks, just like we said yesterday. They like to milk things now much longer than, than it's needed. So, um, uh, you know, look, I, I don't compare regular Raws to pay-per-views, but um, this, I think this Raw episode flowed a little bit better than recent Raws. I, last week was the lowest rated Raw in the history of Monday Night Raw. I think this week the rating actually rebounds a little bit. Not much, but I think it rebounds a little bit. But uh, your favorite guy getting the summer, what is it, the SummerSlam rematch? You know, Drew McIntyre versus, as you call him, HBK Light. He gets yep. another chance. What do you think the step's going to be? Uh, I hope the step is we never see him again, but uh, I don't know what the step's going to be. I have no idea. I don't know. Again, you said it. Who else does Drew have to wrestle? Um, Dolph's getting uh, opportunities by default because there really isn't anybody else. I mean, he got beaten pretty decisively last night. I don't know what justifies any kind of rematch. You know, other than ain't shit else to do, right? So, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't yeah. know what the stipulation is going to be. But I, I'm telling you, if he wins the title, that is just nah. the ultimate fuck you to the fans. I mean, I don't know if I, I – who was it? You said it last night or someone said it to me today on Twitter. They wouldn't be shocked if he got another run with the title. You said that to me I last said that night? yesterday. I think yeah, there yeah. is a possibility before he retires he gets another run. Um, I'm a Dolph Ziggler fan. I mean, look, Valentine's Day – when they did the whole thing with Otis dropping the flowers and leaving the restaurant, you know, I I rarely do pre-recorded videos here about little segments, but I did one for that. And I just, I, I went out to dinner Valentine's Day and I came back and saw this and I saw social media in an absolute uproar at Dolph Ziggler. And I basically did my clip and I'm like, look, everybody, he's doing his job. That's his role. That's his character. He's doing his job. If he gets under your skin, you know, at least the guy can wrestle and wrestle really good. Um, but the, his character is to get under your skin. The more he gets under your skin, the, the happier you're supposed to be at Drew McIntyre for beating the shit out of him. Yeah, but don't you think this, uh, you know, I hate the terminology too because it's so catchy to say, but uh, the go away heat, the bad kind. You know, you don't think he has that with fans? It depends. I mean, you know, he's got a gigantic social media following, so apparently he's got a, a nice audience. You know, I know there's some people out there that will follow people that they dislike just for some reason. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think so too. Yeah, I think that a lot of people follow him because they dislike him. Yeah, but so uh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, look, I, I said it yesterday. I invite anybody out there to once again go look at when he catched in the briefcase and the pop that he got. That was a big fucking deal. I know it's, you know, many years ago. But once again, you know, th this gets into the conversation we had yesterday about Naomi. If you get a, if you get a right hashtag Naomi deserves better or give Naomi a chance, you know, people can't get pissed off if you want to write the same about someone else that they don't particularly like. You know, I mean, of course, you want to support the people that you like and the people that you don't like. Maybe you go make something to eat, take a leak or something like that. But um, look at the Iconics. I can't stand them. It's nothing personal, but they got a, a decent following online. I mean, we were no. treated... Good. They definitely do. And you know, the funny thing, DT, I was gonna I was holding off on the tweet, but they they 
they mind fucked me and then everybody else because Ruby actually got a victory and we'll get into it. I'm get, we're getting a little bit ahead, but just to just to go there for a second with the Naomi thing, I was gonna tweet something about Ruby deserves better and then hashtag it because here's another you know Naomi. What about this girl? Well, look what all she's uh, gone through. You know she what? To I get give... back, but she got she got the victory and I actually wound up complimenting her and complimenting Payson, Payne Royce for actually getting better on her own as a single. So that match actually surprised me, and I complimented both ladies actually at the end of it. I completely changed my tweet. Honestly, I, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, I told everybody out there, do not worry about Ruby Riot. that you this did? is part of a bigger picture. I think it was right. two or three weeks ago. I said, everyone, just wait a little longer. She's going to get back in the winning department. I think, and two weeks ago, I said, eh, you know, just a li- little more time. No, don't worries. And she wins last week. She wins this week. And yep. I give props to Bloodsport Raven and everybody else who tweeted or PM me and said, you know, DT, I got to give it to you. You're one of the only people that said for several weeks, relax, don't worry about it. She's not buried. She doesn't no. have to go to AEW. She don't have to quit. You know, they, she, she will get in the win column exactly like I expected it to be. Now what I want to see happen is I want to see Liv Morgan back on TV and maybe Liv Morgan be a little bit jealous at Ruby Riot's recent success. Or maybe, you know, we see that little quiet, shy moment in the back where they bump into each other and it's a little awkward hello and Liv compliments her on her wins and maybe, you know, this gets a little bit... There's two ways they could go. They could turn Liv Morgan into a heel be a little bit jealous of Ruby's success, or maybe they form an alliance again, you know, through awkward conversation in the back. I honestly never was concerned about Ruby Riot. I mean, this 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 is the same thing about Naomi. Wrestling is cyclical. You know, yeah. unfortunately for some of our favorites, they're not going to win or they're going to go on these streaks. I mean, you know, you talk about Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, I think, is one one match, you know, for like the last many, many months. I think he's only won one match. There's some people that go on a losing streak that people don't even pay attention to it. It's all about perception. And right now, you know, Ruby Riot, they gave her two wins. I think that will continue. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy for her. She's not one of my favorites, quite honestly, but she is talented. And you see some of her personal, you know, life, what they reveal. And yeah. she comes across as someone really genuine. And, you know, I. I don't want people to win simply because they're nice people. Everybody should be nice people. But, you know, it gives me a little bit maybe more of a reason to say, you know, hope, you know, show support. You know, hopefully she gets a little bit better. Oh, yeah, no, she's one of my favorites, you know, so I'm glad you were right about that. Definitely glad you were right. And, uh, I, you know, like I said, we'll go over getting a little bit ahead. I said we should go chronological order, but I thought Payne Royce is getting more confidence. I thought she looked good. She uh, She's better on her own. I don't know if they're going to break her away, but Billy Kay is definitely the weight that brings her down. Uh, what do you think of her? Because you just said the Iconics, not a favorite of yours. What do you think of her on her own, DT? She's not bad, but yeah. the problem is... And this goes to what I said two weeks ago that, you know, she right now, she is talented in the ring. But you could see there's some people that 
is a yin to someone's yang. And right. I don't know how much Peyton Royce will do well without Billy Kay because so much of her character is animated and loud. She makes phrases and she says things that Billy Kay has got to bounce right off. And they're, they're, I'm not a fan of the Iconics at all. But together, they are much better than they are separately. And even though Paint Royce can wrestle well, so can a lot of other women. And I don't know if Paint, look, look at the backstage segment today, you know, yeah. with Bianca Belair. Nothing, no disrespect to Paint Royce. But you see her facial reactions when Bianca Belair's insulting her and everything. It yeah. looks like she's constipated. You know, she's talented in the ring, but you could see that void of Billy Kay not being right next to her. She looks like a deer in headlights a little bit. So, you know, I I personally don't I don't think Peyton Royce would do better uh as far as her career without Billy Kay right now. Because there's so many people that would leapfrog her in a singles department. You know? It's true. Um wanna talk a little bit about Kyrie Sane? Yeah, because, you know, who knows if she's staying or leaving. I, I wrote it on Twitter before. Do we have facts on this, that this was our last night tonight? Contract could be up, but Ray's contract was up, too. I mean, that doesn't mean anybody's out the door necessarily. Well, right? I, I, you know, I tell you, when a lot of this started coming out like three, four months ago, you know, I shot it down. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there. By the way, I got to give a special shout-out to Connor kayfabe show he is tuning in tonight and uh just just a genuinely great guy you know someone that i only actually started you know talking to you know this year online and uh just you know a genuinely good guy i mean you know look there's so many podcasters out there doing so many different things but you know when i go into like the real genuine good guy department i could honestly say I, I don't want to say anyone else because if I leave people out, some people will get angry. But I could tell you in the genuinely really good guy department, I don't even think I could go past counting this hand. And uh, okay, Fabe is definitely one of them. So seriously, much love. Oh, yeah. oh, nice guy. Keep yeah. fighting a good fight, my friend. You know what I'm talking about. So, definitely, um, definitely. And you know, let, let's mention this quickly too. Bobby Fulton. You yeah, know, yeah, speaking of nice guys. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers with Bobby Fulton. Um, you know, his son, and I don't blame his son, but his son was a little bit confusing online because for people that don't know, he originally went on Facebook and said that something about his father's cancer coming back. Then he went on Twitter and said that he's got bleeding from, an, from uh, I think, one of the, the, the arteries or one of the valves. And, you know, one wrong move and he could get a stroke. And that's because the blood would clot and then it would cause a blockage of oxygen to the brain. So I have a feeling that it's a combination of everything that he went into the hospital because of the cancer. And I think they discovered the bleeding issue. So he's going through a lot right now. I know most of you out there may have never followed the Fantastics, but um, keep them in your prayers. Yeah, great, innovative team. Me and my brother were huge Fantastics fans uh, back in the day. Like everybody else, like Rock and Roll Express, they were kind of always the secondary to Rock and Roll Express. 
but uh, we preferred the Fantastics. For pretty boy guys, don't let their looks fool you back in the 80s. They were tough, DT. Remember, they had those bloodbaths with the sheep herders with sure. the barbed wire matches? Sure. They were, they were double tough. And Bobby Fall, like I said, cute, a young-faced guy and everything, but he can go. Tommy Rogers was great, too. And, uh, yeah, I, I brought a little something. His uh, son wrote me back, his son Dylan. And uh, I hope he's going to be okay. He's still a relatively young man, DT. He is. I mean, he's in his 60s. Early you know, 60s. You know, six, look, 60s is not that old. You know, no. before you know, we're going to be in that department. But yeah, um, right. but 60s as a pro wrestler, you know, having to grind for decades, that takes years off your body. You know, some people that live, you know, into their 80s as a pro wrestler, even beyond, God bless them because, you know, I just, they, that does a number to your body. It really well, does. DT, just so we know, and someone just wrote me back as a fan, because uh, we want to get it right, of course. Bobby will be 60, uh, 6-0 on October 4th right, this so year. So 60, yeah. So 60. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be 60 this year in October in three months. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. So I'll be getting well back soon. to Kyrie Sane. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, there's no denying there's a huge, overwhelming support for the Kabuki Warriors online. I have this shirt. I show support. I give away autographed photos a couple of times already. By the way, I think the two I sent out last week, if you haven't gotten it already, uh, Anthony Diaz and that other gentleman, uh, I think it's Adam, you should have it next day or two. By the way, Wednesday, the autographed photo of Karrion Cross and Scarlett, that will be going out tomorrow. And Wednesday, the next prize, I actually had come up with a really cool idea that I'll share with everybody Wednesday. And I just haven't decided what this week's prize will be. But I thought of a really cool, creative way where everybody could be part of the contest. And uh, it'll be fun. And even for those that cannot tune in live or, quite honestly, check out someone else's podcast live and then comes here, um, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to participate as well. I want to make it open for everybody. So, But anyway, getting back to Kyrie Saint. There's been so much exaggeration, guessing, and uh, I think some personal emotion has gotten in the way with some people's news reporting. All right, so now the buzz is coming out again that Kyrie Sane uh, is leaving and leaving extremely soon. Some people even reported and said that today was her last match or, or, or her last appearance. Some people use two different things. I will tell everybody what I believe is going to happen. And I'm not bragging, but anybody who follows me 20-some-odd years, I think saying that 98 to 99% of everything that I've said has actually been pretty much spot on. You don't have Bailey losing almost clean tonight on Raw to Kyrie Sane for no reason. It didn't really extend any storyline. If you look at it just on material-wise, Kyrie Sane beating Bailey, you would think Kyrie Sane should be in line for a championship match in the very near future. No reference to that whatsoever. Just surprise victory. Kyrie Sane a little extra emotional with her win. Personally, I think she's done. I think, and this is something people need to understand too. You know, when you do backstage vignettes, especially when you have TV tapings, I know they do the TV tapings every two weeks. 
That does not mean they can't tape an extra week or two of backstage segments. You know, they can tape three or four weeks worth of backstage segments now for a particular storyline if it is needed. So I personally think tonight's match may have been her last. And I think what could happen is, uh, this is almost going to mirror Nia Jax a little bit. Oscar is going to win next week, and I think Shayna Baszler is going to break Kyrie Sane's arm, or you know, break or do some really serious injury to cause Kyrie Sane to be off TV, and she's never going to be brought up for the most part again. I think this might be similar to what they did with Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan, they did the thing in the ring, and then she was gone. I think. Yeah. Shayna Baszler attacking Kyrie Sane. You remember when we joked three or four weeks ago and I said that Shayna Baszler could attack and put Kyrie Sane out of commission and I used the Rocky sure. reference, if she dies, she dies. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have Shayna Baszler as Dolph Lundgren and Kyrie Sane is Apollo Creed. And that's, that's right. basically puts more emotion as to why Asuka wants to just beat the living shit out of Shayna Baszler. That extra heat leads into their SummerSlam match. I think that's the deal. People even reported tonight that, oh, she's staying until the end of the year. I think that's wishful thinking. I don't want to see her gone. You know, you see, I think the bump last week or whatever they the after the raw show and she's playing the fucking you know the the recorder you know she she's yeah. she's entertaining but the thing that pisses me off about her whole the way she's been used the last bunch of months is that if you watch her wrestle if you see her playing this if you see her around Asuka it seems like everybody smiles for real. Yeah. When she's playing this thing last week, you look at Samoa Joe's face and you look at Charlie Caruso's face and you look at other people's face, you see people online. For some reason, she just brightened. I don't remember who said that maybe Kyrie Sane could turn heel and I don't think she would be, it would work as a heel. She's too likable. So even more of a reason, Shayna Baszler has to kill her. I think that's what's gonna happen. I think right. next week there's a possibility She's around ringside with Asuka, but I kind of think otherwise. But whether she is or she isn't, I think Shayna Baszler gets to her, severely injures her, maybe an ambulance job, and Asuka, you know, and I think some people, once that happens, will say, oh, this looks like Nia Jax versus Asuka all over again. Yeah, probably. I think that's what's going to happen. Probably right. What do you think? No, I agree with you. That's a pretty good premise. Uh, I was I actually, I think I was the one who even said Kari maybe could turn heel a while yeah, back. Yeah, she's too likable. I, I mean, yeah, she's too likable. Yeah, she is. She's too sweet. You know, but I mean, she was a little evil there for a while with the Kabuki Warriors when they were obviously heels. But Asuka was obviously the lead girl. Kari always kind of got you know put in the background a little bit there still. But uh, tonight, it was good to see her win. You're probably right. It's probably it for her. There had to be some rhyme to reason. Bailey showing respect to her tonight. I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow. It'll be some breaking story that everybody wanted to, her to get put over. Bailey, it was important for respect. And uh, someone had said she wants to have a family. I've read all the different things. 
Uh, but you're probably right about the, uh, the th- I think, just done with wrestling, right, DT? Not going to... Well, I, I don't ever right? say done, you know, because, well, look... Fully done, but done for now with wrestling. Well, yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah. but the one thing is for certain, that if she, if this is the beginning of the end for Kyrie Sane and WWE, and, and it's over in a couple of weeks at minimum, or at maximum, um, she's going to go out on good terms. So there's always a chance that she could return down the line. Um, let's see. You know, did, did Ronda Rousey ever get pregnant? No. No. So, you know, I, I, there's people out there that do want to start families, but then for various reasons, they don't do it. So, you know, I, she, I think she just really misses, you know, her homeland. She misses her family. She misses, you know, uh, her boyfriend or fiancé or husband. I don't know if she's actually married. But I wish her well. I mean, you know, she, she if if she's gone now, you know, her beating Bailey, I like it. I like it because most of the time, when you're pretty much leaving, you ain't getting the win. No, no. You ain't getting the win. You know, no. it, I mean, they're not gonna react on camera and clap and this, this and that. But she goes out with a victory. It's great. Doesn't happen that often if people actually look into it. It's true. I mean, look how they sent Dean, Mo- the, Dean Moxley. Dean Ambrose just slashed John Moxley out uh, and other people. So she must be really liked. Or, again, maybe the girls rallied and say, even Bailey probably said, she's got to be me. So you, you will, I guess we'll find out. Like as the people break the stories and behind the scenes politics, we'll find out probably yeah, tomorrow. Absolutely. By the way, for everybody out there, we talked about it yesterday. I wanted to post a photo for everybody out there. Roman Reigns jacked as a motherfucker right now in the gym, putting on a lot of mass. And, uh, you know, good for him, man. He he looks phenomenal. I mean, he looked good before. But if you remember, when he came back from the leukemia, he looked thin. Yeah, he looked thin. I don't want to say sickly, but a lot of people saw his appearance and had that impression that he looked weak or weaker than beforehand. Now, uh, putting on that amount of mass kind of masquerades the weakness. You could be like this, but still be weak, you know, in the body. But glad that he's looking good and healthy. And uh, I'm just curious as to when this guy's going to return to wrestling. I would not even be surprised if he doesn't come back till WrestleMania of next year. Think so? That long? It could hmm. be. I mean, you know, the one thing, you know, I had a very serious conversation with my fiance today. She, you know, even though I posted on Twitter, us, I wrote outdoor dining yesterday. She is just, this COVID has really got to her psychologically. She's fucking it. paranoid. And oh. I took her out to dinner to try to break that a little bit. Even when I went away uh, for four or five days last month, still extremely paranoid. And it feels like it's gotten worse. And I, I, we had a very serious conversation today, and, and we actually made progress in that. But the one thing that I got through to her is that this COVID virus is going to be around for years. It is going to be around for years. There is no question whatsoever, and the number one reason 
is that not every person out there is going to get the vaccine when it's available. She True. doesn't want to get the vaccine. Her father really? got a flu shot a couple of years ago, had an allergic reaction and was hospitalized because of it. So she's got that thought in her mind. Plus her father's not going to get the vaccine. So you think of Roman Reigns. You think about the fact that, you know, sooner or later, they're going back to live fans, regular fans in the, the audience. That may not happen till the end of the year, the beginning of next year. But even if it does, there's always going to be fans in that building that could be positive for COVID because they're not getting the vaccine. Parents not getting the vaccine. Parents not allowing their children to get the vaccine. So that risk of catching COVID is going to be around for years, for years. So where does it get to the point where Roman Reigns feels comfortable enough to actually return to, to wrestling and return to the travel and return to going to hotels and going out? So, you know, I personally think even if a vaccine is, I look, we don't talk about politics on this show anymore. I get into it on Fridays and Patreon if people request it. But I'll say this, and I think almost everybody out there will agree with me, even if you despise Trump. Getting this vaccine out in the United States before the election is probably one of the most important things in Trump's mind that he has to have done. Because if that vaccine is available before election day, and it's, I pushed and I pushed and we rushed things through and we ordered 300 million kits even before it got approved because we want everybody to be, that is an, a huge campaign, you know, platform that he got it done. And I'm not supporting it or shitting on it, but I'm saying this vaccine is going to be around before the end of the year. Not a doubt in my mind. But even with that said, there's going to be a lot of people that will not get the vaccine. So that risk is always going to be there with Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that would be with anything, though, DT, if they even had a cure for anything. There'll, just, there'll be people who are anti-vaxxers, and whether it's religion or whether it's for their own personal their allergic reaction or they think there's a government conspiracy. There's always going to be uh, people who are going to be anti-anything, even if it wasn't COVID. I think a majority of the country will get, there'll be a portion that doesn't, and those people will either get sick or they won't, or who knows. Yeah, we, no one really knows what the future with this thing is, but I agree with you. I think it'll be around for years, even if uh, there is a vaccine before November, which is TikTok, man. It's coming soon. Yeah. Uh, now, another photo I got to share for everybody out there. I hope you've seen this because I haven't seen anybody really talk about it. <clears throat> I wanted to tweet about this, but something tells me this might be interpreted really, really wrong. Have you seen No Way Jose's new look? No, I haven't seen. I know he na- I know his name changed, but I haven't seen the uh, new look. No. All right. Um, for everybody, I can, now, I, can, I can take a look now. Oh, no, it, like- well, maybe you know what? Maybe somebody will post it for you. But for everybody watching video right now. This okay. is the new look of Noe Jose. And I'll tell people, you know, in a moment, you know, why uh, I, I, I'm just enamored with this picture. Uh, he posted the photo I'm with a tweet, and he said his real name is Levis Valenzuela. In the video, he says, I am essential. 
I pledge fidelity to the destruction of my former self. I am not corporately mandated persona. I am not my material possessions. That is his new look. Now, I got to be honest with everybody out there. When I saw that, when you'd see this look, does anything come to mind at all? Orlando Jordan in his later years? No. To me, he looks like this. Millie Vanilli. I swear to fucking God, I I put a side-by-side of No Way Jose's new look, and I remembered Millie Vanilli, and as I'm seeing this, like, if if No Way Jose's on Cameo, I swear to God, I I, I don't think he'll do it, but I really want to send him the money, and I want him to go on Cameo and go, girl, you know it's true. Ooh, 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 I love you. He looked, to me, he looks like fucking Millie Vanilli. I don't know if he's Millie or if he's Vanilli, but he looks like fucking Millie Vanilli. I swear to God, I looked at that from the cheekbones to the hair. uh, I mean, even the eyebrows. I swear to God. I mean, I don't know if he could find like his his double that's out there or what do they call it? The doppelganger. But I, I, I think he looks like Millie Vanilli now. I, 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 I don't know if anybody out there thinks that I'm nuts, but I swear to God, I look at that and I, I, I will be honest, I have always despised Millie Vanilli. I know one of them is deceased, God rest his soul, but when they came out, oh, I fucking hated that group. Wasn't it uh, like 30 years ago this summer? That song was huge, right? It was a 1990s summer. Yeah, it was DTL? probably like around 87. It's got a. It's. Ah, it, ah, wasn't it like 89, 90? It might have been 89, 90, but it was late 80s that I know. But oh man, they came out and they're doing the fucking dancing and they're doing the. the, the, the oh, and then it found out that they lip synced everything. You know, and it, and it kind of it got thrown in my face because I used to love the group Black Box. And, you know, it ended up that Black Box, their singer, wasn't actually singing. It was Martha Walsh. Martha Wash. And, oh, from uh, the Weather Girls? From the Weather, Weather Girls. Girls. Yeah, yeah, fucking loved her. Oh, my God. She's, <laughs> and the, 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 the craziest thing about it is, is that when Black Box and even that other group, I can't remember the name right now, um, someone in the oh, chat the, might... Uh, oh, the, I know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, and, and it's funny because there's a wrestling team that I think actually named themselves uh, Funky, no. I know they did uh, something, it's not Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Someone out there is going to remember, but they they did this on Good Vibrations. Um, maybe oh, some, CNC Music Factory. CNC yeah, music. CNC Music Factory. When the, the woman from CNC Music Factory was doing, you know, the Good Vibrations song, I don't know why, but I remember me and my friends being in the club, and we never ever stopped and said, "Wow, that sounds just like Martha Walsh." Martha Walsh, uh, and she was fucking lip syncing everything. Is she so, still alive, Martha Walsh? I loved her. I fucking she, she, loved her singing. You know what I saw, DT? We mentioned it the other day. I watched it last night because I was up, couldn't sleep, hot as fucking hair. So uh, Easy Money was on, and uh, Rodney Dangerfield was doing the, the the regular guy look thing, and they were playing the Weather Girls. It's Rainy Men thing in the background. And I thought about that's funny. We bring it up now. Till, but yeah, Rainy Men was a big song in the early eighties. Till this day, whenever I hear it's Raining Men, I think of two people: Christopher Street Connection. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two of the nicest people I ever met in pro wrestling. I love that gimmick. 
to watch mm-hmm. them go around ringside, and I know I've brought this up before, but to see them go around ringside and kissing heterosexual men on the lips and just having fun, they did the gay gimmick so perfect to a T. And I remember even when I, this is when I first started doing work with Frank, I remember people saying, you know, is, is Buffy gay? You know, this, that. And one time after a USA Pro Wrestling event at the Elks Lodge, where ECW used to run, we all went to the Georgia Diner. And, I mean, we all went. I mean, Candido went, God rest his soul, Sonny, Christopher Street, everybody was on the card. Every, we all went to Georgia Diner. And he, one of them, I don't remember if it was Buffy or Mace, but one of them that was with their wife or, or fiancé at the time, and they were sitting at a dinner table, and you saw two guys come up to them, and they're like, oh, my God, I love your characters, and gave them a kiss on the lips, and they played off that they were actually gay. But they were sitting, He, one of them was sitting right next to their significant other. They were not gay. But I remember just, seeing them at uh, Jack Sabbath shows. Yeah, they, they were awesome, man. I wish, I mean, the interesting thing is, I don't know how they would be... Um, treated in this day and age because as ridiculous as it sounds there are a lot of people who are gay that might get angry that a heterosexual is playing a gay character but they were so beloved they didn't mock it they didn't make fun of it I personally think they were probably 15 years too soon they were just so talented and so good man fucking love the Christopher Street connection I hope they're doing well. If anybody out there follows them or talks to them, you know, I actually talked to E.C. Negro not too long ago, and he's doing well. But there's a lot of very good people out there that we used to watch, you too, in the early 2000s that I look back on, I'm like, man, I wish the SATs would have come out 10 years later. Amazing Red. I mean, Amazing Red is doing wonders, you know, in the schools right now. But, man... If that guy was 10 years later, be interesting same, to see what he'd be doing right now. And others. Same thing with uh, Xavier and Quiet Storm, other guys who are really talented. Sure. I still uh, got my Blackhearts intro with Quiet Storm. He used to love listening to his hotline. He did yeah, a whole Quiet Hogan Storm. impersonation for my hotline. Yeah, he was, he was good, man. He was like, kind of like a Benoit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was good. He worked Japan a little bit as well. So, because uh, um, people are asking DT, Martha Wash is alive, by the way. She's 66 years no, old. No, Martha Still... Wash is deceased. Isn't she? Wait, hold Martha Wash is I... deceased. If she, she's got to be deceased. I no, remember no, so... getting really, really down in the dumps a couple of years ago. I even think I paid tribute to her on one of my shows. Uh, I'm pretty certain she... that she is deceased. If, if yeah, she, nah. You know what? If she is not deceased, her partner is in the weather yeah, show. That's that's it. I'm getting people like to send a million things here. Uh, yeah, Martha Wash uh, is currently alive. She lives in Baldwin, Long Island. Not married, no kids. A partner. A partner. A partner passed away. A partner was the one that passed away. I know one yeah. of the two passed away. But I yes. fucking love to work. Absolutely love to work. So, uh, we were talking about COVID before. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the picture of Ric Flair today? Yes, I did in the car. Yeah. Yeah. New York Post making a big deal about this. Yeah, James, I'm sorry, man. I didn't want to, like, bury her before she was buried, man. But uh, <laughs> no, the, the, I know it was one of the two weather girls, and I was just really down in the dumps at that time. Because You know why? Because they were the back the, the back uh, backup singers for 
uh, Sylvester. Sylvester right. was one of my favorite performers back in the day as well. He was gay. Um, but they actually performed for him as backup singers, and then they branched out and became the Weather Girls. So, and yeah. then, you know, she's done other songs, blah, blah, blah. But props to everybody who actually found it interesting on a wrestling show. But uh, a lot of people seem to be interested, yeah. Yeah, Ric Flair um, got a lot of buzz today, especially the New York Post. Um, you know, Ric Flair, we did not see on television today. Um, I think people, WWE uh, especially, thought of QT Marshall, thought of mm -hmm. John Moxley, and said, we can't fucking put this guy on camera today. Because, you know, uh, for people that may not follow AEW or maybe forgot, you know, Renee Young got tested positive for COVID. John yeah. Moxley, you know, is her husband. He did not test positive for COVID. AEW still kept him off TV for several weeks for precautionary reasons. QT Marshall was around someone who ended up testing positive for COVID. He was not. They kept him off TV for a couple of weeks for precautionary reasons. So now, Ric Flair, they showed him leaving his house because they got TMZ and people always scoping him out, take pictures of him, video when he's walking, wherever he's walking. He leaves his house, he's not wearing a mask. He goes to the drive-thru of Starbucks to buy coffee and he's not wearing a mask. Personally, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it since he was inside his car. That's what but, I thought, yeah. But they apparently uh, got some quotes from him, or somebody did, and the reports going around, and New York Post actually reported this. Ric Flair confirmed that his wife is battling COVID-19 right now. Believe it or not, his wife is yeah. battling COVID-19 right now. But Wendy. the thing is, he claims that he is not COVID positive. But the New York Post made a claim that there was a report, or they had received a report that Ric Flair had tested positive a couple of days earlier. Ric Flair denied that. Ric Flair also said that they live in a 5,000 square foot home and his wife is on like the first floor and Ric Flair is currently living in the basement that they're not interacting with each other. Okay. Well, so, um, so I think because of that, WWE said, we cannot put this guy on TV. The optics just look so bad that his wife is battling COVID-19 and not only is he in the same house, but he's flaunting around going places without wearing a mask at all. So what do you think about that with his wife battling COVID? Well, if he's taking the precautions, but here's the thing. Uh, Chris Cuomo did the same thing. He went and lived in the basement. You know that. I know you're not a fan. I'm not a fan either. Uh, he went and uh, the governor's brother, uh, Mario's son, he's a uh, host on... Uh, what is it, uh, MSM, oh, CNN. And he isolated from his wife and his kids, and he went in the basement, he lived in the basement, they lived in the top house, of course, they have a huge estate because they got money, and uh, he stayed down there for two weeks by himself, And uh, but the wife still caught it eventually, though, DT, she wound up getting it weeks later, and I think one of the kids got it too. So he was sick, and then about a month later, 
progressed and it got to them. So I don't know, unless a doctor, you know, and I don't know how anybody can assure anybody of anything, DT with this thing. Nobody knows what the fuck it is. You know, there's nobody who's an expert, finger quotes on it. So I think, uh, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that because, again, I've seen some celebrities stay in the same dwelling uh, structure, but they stayed in, like I said, they have a basement apartment, literally. Family's two, three floors up in a three, four family house or a brownstone. And it doesn't seem to ever work because eventually the other family members got sick. Someone's telling me there's other celebrities who've done that. And then a month or two months later, other people in that dwelling got sick. So I don't know. But Rick might be, I don't think he's like uh, in denial of what can happen. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's smart. They should keep him on. The guy's got a heart condition, blood pressure problems. He's 71. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, DT. He's fine now. But one month from now. Could be a different ball game. Yeah. Same thing with uh, other people. Little people have COVID. You know the, no, no, the no. you know the yeah. funny thing about it is, you know the way the question was posted online and the way New York Post wrote it, you know they wrote it that they got a claim that they this picture of Ric Flair getting coffee and everything was Wednesday of last week. They posted over the weekend, and right. they claimed that they received a report that two days earlier he tested positive for COVID. Ric Flair denied it. And it, that went a little bit viral because people are like, wait a minute, if he tested positive two days earlier, he's fucking flaunting going out, gallivanting and buying coffee and going out in public. Then I started thinking about it. And again, this is where people, unfortunately, I don't think do their diligence to really be thorough in what they say. I personally think that Ric Flair could have very well tested positive two days earlier. Without a doubt. But he could have tested positive for the antibodies, which means uh -huh. that he could have had COVID months ago. So, you know, so like I said, they said that he that they got a report that he tested positive two days earlier. It could have been the antibody test. That's the right. antibody test doesn't mean that you have COVID right now. It means that you had it at some point and your body has created antibodies to fight it. So, right. you know, again... This is, I don't know if it's intentional clickbait by the post, but I saw a lot of websites, wrestling-wise, running with this, and not one of them stopped to say, well, you know what, maybe it was the antibody test. But that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We, you know, we, we don't clickbait. I mean, that's, that's one thing we probably lose viewers and lose hits and lose, you know, revenue. But, um, you know, we don't clickbait. We'd rather just be straight up and, hey, you know, without naming names, but there's a lot of people in pro wrestling that have at some point or still do enjoy the shows that we do. And the one thing that been told repeatedly from D'Lo Brown fucking 12, 13 years ago to recently carrying across that we just tell it like it is. Not afraid to just tell it. You know, even if it pisses people off or it's not exciting, we just tell it straight up. I'd rather be straight up with everybody. So, Ric Flair, you know, I hope to God, you know, you could picture him, you know, like going up to his wife, Wendy. Hopefully they don't do any of that French kissing shit that was caught on photos. But, you know, she absolutely adores him. So I think she is not going to put Rick in a situation where he can get sick. He may go on the first floor and go, woo, you know, and, you know, go up to her, but I don't think she's going to go down into the basement, you know, wearing nothing but, uh, you know, uh, nail polish. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. To just surprise him. So I think, you know, best wishes to her. Best wishes Absolutely. to her. Absolutely. Um, we also got to give best wishes, best wishes, say that fast 10 times, to someone else who has COVID-19. Uh, Meltzer Ooh. reported it. Haven't seen anyone else reported it. I'm one of the persons out there that actually supports Meltzer. He is right more times than not. And he's usually right when it comes to big news stories. Um, but we speculated about it yesterday. We wondered last week, we wondered two weeks ago, when MVP brought that belt out and you got Dirty Sanchez and Cedric like angry about it and not Apollo Crews. Not even a Zoom video from Apollo Crews. Nothing. We wondered, you know, like, where is he? Why, like, at least Daniel Bryan is in the woods doing a Zoom video and Sheamus was in his hotel room doing a Zoom video. I'm not saying that they had COVID, but they took other means to put him on TV. It made no sense for Apollo Crews to not be seen even once. So yesterday, we, we watched Extreme Rules, and the only thing that you and I came up with is they could have replaced that match. And I think everybody out there, whether it was Alistair Black or someone else, we would have been quite happy if that match was changed for Extreme Rules. But for some reason, they kept it on, and then they came up with this lame BS excuse yesterday and the only conclusion that we could come up with is they waited till the last minute because maybe this guy has COVID and they thought he would have been better in time. COVID, right. unfortunately, some people it takes longer. Meltzer reported today that Apollo Crews has tested positive for COVID-19. So okay. what do you think? The fact that they're keeping the belt on him but what I don't understand is MVP officially won by forfeit yesterday. So why, if he wins by forfeit, it is suddenly a non-title match? I'm trying, like, I wasn't going to go into the boxes to find the WWE Encyclopedia of Rules, but I'm trying to understand if it was a U.S. title match and he officially won by forfeit, well, that's what's being written online, then why is it suddenly non-title? I don't know. I mean, I was hoping for some answers to a few things that I, I didn't feel I learned last night, like what happened with uh, Sasha and the belt, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, getting back into Raw, because that was revealed tonight. Uh, but you're right, the thing with MVP and, and Apollo is still kind of, oh, kind of a mishmash, so to speak. Um, again, I, I think they didn't strip him of the belt because he's not going to be out literally 30 days because well, he's got to quarantine, what, 14 days? Um, and even if it's just a little bit more, he, there's really no reason to strip him of the belt. So maybe they'll just have a battle over who, you know, what, who's the real U.S. champion, you know, the real world champion, the real U.S. Uh, champion, just something to do. And now, obviously, and we talked about this, DT, we talked about this a few weeks ago, uh, turning this fashion um, hurt business into a bigger grander thing and they started tonight and they added a guy who me and you were big on them adding uh, Shelton Benjamin uh, who's now the 24-7 champion he's part of it I'm still thinking Cedric eventually will be part of it um, but I think uh, that's just something to do and MVP is obviously still going to be an in-ring competitor even though they're starting they just gave him another guy to manage tonight with, with Benjamin um, 
So again, it all, I guess it just all plays into having something to do with this guy when he comes back and they don't want to stop his push. I mean, we were talking about last night if we thought even Apollo Cruz's push was finished, but I guess not. I guess they can just ease him back in in a couple of weeks. 14 days goes by pretty quick and he's already into what? One week of it. So he'll be back probably before you know it. Yeah, but he Apollo Cruz has been off TV for 3 weeks. Has it been 3 weeks? It's been yeah, cuz the belt came out uh two Two raw. It's got to be two raws ago because uh, yeah, it's it's got to be three weeks. He's gone. He's off TV for. Uh, it's got to be three weeks. So he could be back next week, possibly. Well, we don't know. We don't yeah. know. But he's been look. Last week was the setup for the pay per view. The week before, um, MVP was walking around with the title, and it was the week before that we were wondering like. Why is like Apollo Cruz still not showing up? It's got to be three weeks. It, if maybe someone wants to check it out, what date did they actually present the title? Because I don't remember Apollo Cruz even being on Raw the week before MVP. There, and the reason why I say that is um, I don't recall the week before Apollo Cruz winning a match, and then they decide the following week that they're going to give him a new belt. So I I know the title debuted two weeks ago, but I don't know if Apollo Cruz was on Raw that week before the title. Yeah, I I, I trust James. James does uh, not against Sam, but Sam's right. Also, the belt was introduced two weeks ago, but Apollo right. Cruz has not been on TV for three weeks. So you don't suddenly take someone off TV three weeks ago, and then the following week you present a championship, and then the person who actually has the title is not there to claim it? Why, in storyline, why would WWE or Raw even have a championship title reveal and the champion is not even there? No, just It's just sense. really, really stupid. So Apollo Crews had to have been sick three weeks ago. Had to have yeah. been. Um, plus, when you recover, you know, you, you don't just get the nose test, hey, I'm clear. And then you wait a couple of days or a week and you get the nose test again. Hey, everybody, I'm clear. He's got to build up stamina again. He's got to build up energy. You know, it's not like he's sitting at home and pigging out and working the exercise bike like, hey, how's your COVID doing? <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> you know, and, that, and you know what? That may be the reason why we didn't even get fucking Zoom videos from this guy. I mean, you got MVP, oh, and but the funny thing is, I think it was CableTV.com did an interview with Apollo Crews, and it, it must have been an old interview that they're only releasing now. But, you know, how do you in storyline have a guy come out with your belt and you're not even on the Zoom video just saying, like, that's my belt? It's just, I don't know. Yeah. He must have gotten a really bad case of this. Possibly, yeah. Again, you know, a lot of people, fortunately, were either asymptomatic or had a mild case of it. Um, but, yeah, possibly he got he got a bad spell of it. They just don't want to speak on it. But I wouldn't be su surprised if we saw him back next week, especially now, like I said, they're, they're putting this Hurt business thing as a, as a bigger faction. Uh, and I think still more guys to come. Unless in some crazy way, Apollo Crews winds up in the Hurt faction. But I, don't, I don't know if that's uh, possible. I don't think so, not yet. Oh, yeah, I think this is. I think they wanted to lead it up to Apollo Cruz versus Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. I don't know how this throw. And you know, and the thing about it is, we have 
I, I guess Ziggler versus McIntyre at SummerSlam right now. We may end up getting MVP and Apollo Crews at SummerSlam. So we may end up getting three or four matches at SummerSlam, which might have taken or scheduled for Extreme Rules. We may yeah, actually right. end up getting that. So, But let's talk about Raw a little bit. We've, we've already talked about a lot of segments. We could talk about the ones that we haven't. Um, Raw opens up with Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Murphy. And they go in the ring and basically, um, you know, Seth Rollins is saying, you know, should should I be guilty for this and this and that? And then he turns it on the fans. He's like, what about what all of you have done to me and the way you've treated me and this, this and that? Uh, he blames the fans for what happened to Rey Mysterio. Uh, there were reports today that even though it showed the live symbol on TV, that Mysterio and Rollins may not have been live yesterday. Oh, yeah. Okay. But they actually recorded earlier in the day so they could set up Rollins. You know, like unfortunately, Rollins is not Darren Drozdov. So no. it's it's not like Rollins is at ringside, you know, like in the match, and then all of a sudden, like Vince is in the back on the monitor going, "He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke!" Like. They stopped the filming so they could put food in Seth Rollins' mouth so he could simulate that he was vomiting. All right. So, but uh, what did you think of the opening segment? I mean, the NXT fans, you know, the wrestlers chanting shame, shame, shame. But um, what do you think about Rollins' promo? I'm not a big Rollins fan. I think Rollins is the most non-factor major guy there's ever been. He's just... He doesn't uh, generate any excitement as a heel. I just, I mean, obviously there's no crowd there in the planted NXT trainees. But I think even if there was a crowd, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm done with Rollins, to be honest with you. Uh, right now, uh, to be honest, I, I think I'm going to be uh, correct that Roman Reigns will wind up being the most popular out of the three, even bigger than Moxley and bigger. And absence makes the heart grow fonder, but there's so many people like looking forward to him coming back. I think Rollins has just done all he can here, and I just don't think he generates... That much of the Messiah thing is very boring. You know, it's people compared to the straight edge society, CM Punk doing that Jesus Christ kind of thing. CM Punk was much more interesting, much more of a compelling character with the straight edge society. I'm I, I'm bored to death with this uh, Messiah thing. Maybe if there was a crowd. Well, there was a crowd when he started doing it initially. There was a crowd. And it was kind of, meh. I'm just not big on Rollins. I think maybe, it's, you know, he put on a new jacket. Other than that, it's no new look. Same look, same beard, same hair, same man bun. What has he changed? What has he changed up? Uh, at least Moxley threw a couple of new moves into his moveset, changed his name, has a little bit of a different swagger even when it comes to the ring, generates a little bit more excitement for AEW fans. Seth Rollins is resting on his laurels, in my opinion. He's just, he's just, he's just there. He's a top guy, but a non-factor. I think if he left WWE tomorrow, they wouldn't miss a beat. Wouldn't miss him for a minute. Save a couple million dollars a year. Uh, his wife is a bigger deal than he is. Um, again, and I'm not trying to say to Steven Stur, like to get some kind of like you know buzz going. Oh, I hate Rollins. I don't hate him. I just think he's boring and doesn't really do anything. And Buddy Murphy, he's not going to be. He's just a side guy. He's as significant as Cowboy Bob Orton was to Roddy Piper back in the day. I don't think Murphy's going to be a star or the better for being in this group. And what happened to the other dude? What's his name that they don't even mention anymore? Where where is he? Oh, Austin Theory. Yeah, yeah where's he? Talk about well, a guy who's you know, they had those little brief accusations, and there was a little bit of uh, concern for him also 
health-wise. People never really got the actual facts. That's why we never talked about him. Yeah, no, I know. I just, again, it's just, uh, you know, I'm much more interested in the Hurt business right now. I'd much rather watch MVP on TV and and Bobby Lesh. That's crazy. A year ago at this time, I I can't believe I'm saying this, but less Rollins, more Hurt uh, business. I'd rather see that, especially now with Shelton in it. To me, I hope they take over as the number one crew and the number one uh, heel faction on, on Raw. I'd rather see those dudes. And it's just, I'm going on and on here, but Seth Rollins just bores the shit out of me. And another guy who's bores the shit out of me came out uh, to confront them, which is Alistair Black, well, which is a which a guy that you would think I would be all about that dude because he's into everything that I'm into, very similar, uh, real life stuff. But uh, he's boring too. Just fucking grab the pillow. I mean, I just, I'm, you know, I, I wasn't feeling that opener at all, but the show got better as it went on. Yeah. Well, as far as the Shield goes, Roman Reigns, even though people are very angry for the way WWE forced him down our throats for several years in a row. Not anymore. He, he is, he's always been the most beloved out of the, uh, the members of the Shield. I think John Moxley has always been liked by fans, uh, but more of like a cool factor, like you would hang out and have a couple of beers with him. Seth Rollins a little bit to the extent as well. But the thing is, is that, you know, honestly, Seth Rollins wrestles some of the best matches of anybody on the Raw roster. Seth Rollins, you know, MVP can can still cut a promo and, you know, he's smooth. But, you know, you watch him in the ring. I mean, it's mostly just punches and this and that. So I don't even compare Seth Rollins' wrestling ability to MVPs. The problem is, is that I still remember that episode of Raw where Seth Rollins wrestled for all all those gauntlet matches. And I remember people saying it was, you know, one of the best Raws that they've seen in recent memory. The problem that happened with Seth Rollins is, it, to me, simple. It's almost cut and dry. WWE decided to take Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins' relationship and put it on television. And then because of that, they needed to have a couple fighting other mixed tag teams. And they had Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis for a short period of time that they really didn't do anything with. And then they put Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans together. And that was no nothing against Lacey Evans, but that was some of the most god-awful garbage. And they shoved that relationship. Remember when I joked on the show, I said that night, I said, oh, you know, if Becky's the man, then Seth Rollins is the man's man. And then, exactly. you know, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of other people thought that phrase as well, but that's what they did. They turned Seth Rollins into the man's man. You know, everything was a, one step below Becky Lynch. They fucked with his character. And since then, they've never recovered because Seth Rollins was having some of the best matches on Raw. There were episodes of Raw that even though the ratings were shot, he people would commend how great his fucking matches were. He tore it up. He had some awesome matches. The match... He was, I believe, Umberto Carrillo's first opponent when he was brought to the main roster, and they had a great match. So it's not anything of Seth Rollins. It is the entrance music now sucks. You know, the way they're using him, he's a messiah of what? He's got to come out there and try to sell a a bag of beans to all of us. The problem is, is that he's not working for Goya. He's working for some bullshit bean company, 
And he's trying to, you know, make these beans look like, you know, better than Goya quality. Sorry, everybody. You know, I, it's not intended with the Trump stuff. But, you know, it's, it's I don't blame this on Rollins. I blame this on the WWE writing. They wanted to make him, you know, they wanted to go from Monday Night Rollins to the Monday Night Messiah. They got infatuated that he looked like Jesus Christ. So we'll put him fucking stained glass. We'll make him look like he's a prophet. And that's what they got infatuated with. And even though something looks good, doesn't mean that it is good. So WWE's writing has been horrendous with this. And it takes two to tango. So you take away all of the great opponents. He can't wrestle on SmackDown, which doesn't make sense to me. If you think of that four-step rule, Bailey should not be on Raw anymore. If people actually think about the storyline that People from SmackDown could show up on Raw and vice versa four times a year. You know, Bailey's lives should be pretty much done as far as Raw. So I blame it on Seth Rollins. Murphy, I agree with you. Murphy is pretty much just the sidekick right now. Sooner or later, yeah. Murphy's going to get fed up and break out, and he'll probably feud with Rollins. But Alistair Black, man, I, I, I say the same thing. It's WWE just using this guy wrong. Lately, and to me, it started from uh, Money in the Bank. Baron Corbin almost murders him, throws him off a building. And that Monday night on Raw, if people remember, Baron Corbin showed up on Raw. And for me, stickler to detail, the storyline should be this motherfucker just almost committed murder, killed me. Almost, he tried to throw me off a building. And you have Alistair Black. King Corbin on the same show, Alistair Black doesn't immediately go out to try to get revenge. That's not Black's fault. That's WWE writing. <clears throat> so they have just totally mishandled Alistair Black. And today, his promo that he cut, it felt like the generic, like, if it gave me the same feeling when Cedric Alexander comes out with Dirty Sanchez because they're angry at MVP taking Apollo Cruz's belt. Even Dirty Sanchez today, when he's like, oh, MVP, you know, you're like dumb and dumber, you know, but, you know, but that was in, like, in 2006, like, your career. Dumb and dumber came out in the early fucking 90s. Dumb yeah. and dumber was already out of, uh, of touch in 2006. Then you have uh, Ricochet say... Like, uh, you're not a champ, you're a chump. I mean, we've oh. heard that, that line from the 70s. So you just look at some of these promos and the, the, the choreographed phrases that they have to say. Like, Alistair Black could make the bullet points on his own, but they wanted to make sure, make sure you say this, this, and this. He came off today looking like a tattooed nerd, just like and, like, he's angry about Carrillo, he's angry about Ray's eye, he's angry about this. It's just like, you know, this, his whole fucking character is that he's alone. Yeah, he's a loner. And you know what it is about him and, and Rollins? Just their vocal tone. Like, everyone talks about what makes Jake Roberts, even in, in this day at his age and his status of where he's at as a manager, what makes this interview so compelling where people share them and they say, see Jake's promo? 
his convincing, his cadence, the way he talks, his voice, got that Sam Elliott thing going on. And the same thing, you know, some wrestlers just don't have that tone. Seth Rollins has that whiny John kind of tone. We heard when he was yelling at John Cena, we were like, ugh. You know, and he wasn't doing it to be annoying. He talks like that. And Alistair Black, too. And I get that Alistair Black is not American. He's not from here. He's got a little bit of a, an accent. Uh, was it Danish? Uh, he, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't transfer. He doesn't, and I'm not saying he connects, but not in the real way that you need to connect with fans. Cause people could be like, Hey, Kevin, I know what you're talking about. I'm a big fan. Yeah. But do you really feel a connection with Alistair Black? Do you really feel connected to uh, Seth Rollins the way you did maybe to CM Punk back in the day or the way you did to Daniel Bryan? Be honest. And you probably, if you're being an honest fan, you say, yeah, no, nah, I get what you, you mean. I, I don't feel that connection. I don't even see anybody rocking Alistair Black shirts. I don't see anybody rocking Messiah shirts. Does that merch even sell? Does anybody even give a shit? So, uh, again, you, know, you kind of know when someone's a hot character and they're not. I haven't seen anybody wearing Alistair Black merch ever. And I like Alistair Black. Again, I was high on the guy. When he got brought up, I was excited. And now I feel like when his music comes on, I'm like, eh, anything else to do? Why I, you know, kind of like half-ass watch this match? And I feel bad about saying about that because that guy, I thought everyone's like, oh, he could be the new Undertaker. Well, he better get his act together because the Undertaker, by his first, second year, was already winning the world championship. So he's not the new Undertaker. That's, that's, forget that. Forget the size there. He doesn't, have the, he doesn't have the connection to the fans. I don't even think he has the interest. You know, he's already been beaten to, down to death by, uh, by uh, Zelina's crew. Half the time, they get the best of him. So it doesn't even generate that you can't beat him down. You can't keep him down. He gets beat up every week. You know, he so I mean. That- dark hotel rooms, looking for a fight. And now he's looking for, I don't know. I mean, I can, just. Can you, look to, can, can you look to win a fight? You How look, about that? Look, did, look I, again, I blame this all on WWE's writing, but. I'll say this too, and I know some people get to not like what I'm going to say, and I I'm know sure some people don't I'm, like what I'm saying. Well, I I know I'm going to repeat myself a little bit too. Now I will say this, and I know some people will back me up on this. When I went to the big event in March, uh, the wrestling convention, I do remember some people wearing Alistair Black shirts for sure. And okay. I didn't really pay attention to Seth Rollins, but I remember one guy having a really cool Alistair Black shirt. I do remember that. But I think if you go to wrestling events, you probably see, there's, there's the, probably the only opportunity. Very rare do I go to like a supermarket and I see somebody rocking a wrestling shirt. I did see, however, I did go to the... Oh, I, I do, I do. I still see Austin. I see CM Punk. I see, uh, the, yes, shirts. I see, no, I still see shirts in Queens. And also, well, I haven't worked the show since March, since they shut the clubs down. But and uh, even in the new, beginning of the new year, I mean, you get a guy, my doorman, you can ask him. He always even does a wrestling shirt count of uh, how many wrestling shirts he saw tonight at the concert. Because uh, he's a big wrestling fan, my friend John. So we always talk about that. And, you know, how many wrestling shirts? And he's like, 13. Then there was one time he goes... 36 wrestling shirts tonight. So we have a thing going on, but and I kind of missed that, but we haven't had a show since March in fairness. So maybe they're wearing them now, but they weren't wearing them beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, with Alistair Black, and, and again, I know some people are not going to like when I say this. And, you know, again, it's nothing against him personally. Um, but I feel that all of his aura is gone. And I think what also right. contributed to that is I understand it's about money. 
and I understand it's about trying to get any revenue they can. That's why you see almost every wrestler out there now doing YouTube channels and Twitch. Twitch more than anything, because Twitch, you, you, that's where you make money. YouTube, you get beat, you get almost nothing. But when you have a million followers, you know you can get a nice chunk of change off of that. Of um, you know that's why even with my YouTube channel, I joke with people. But fact of the matter is, you know, three quarters of the people that enjoy these shows still only access audio. And, you know, that's why, unfortunately, you know, something's got to give, and it's probably be the audio stuff down the line. Not now. But the thing with Alistair Black, and I understand it's a money thing and everything like that, but I personally, in my opinion, I think it was a tremendous mistake for him and Zelina Vega to create a YouTube channel and showing them daily as a couple. Only reason why I say that is because I look at every other form of entertainment, every every TV show, soap opera, movies. If you're in the middle of some type of TV series and you got two people on a series that are, are, are at odds with each other, and then you see them on a YouTube channel, going for coffee, buying paintings, buying rugs, buying toys for cats and dogs, and buying, you know, uh, oh, I bought you a lollipop. You know, it's it's cute, and we understand that, you know, they are a couple in real life, but it's hard to get suspension of disbelief where half an hour earlier, I see him on a YouTube video buying bubble bath soap, and I'm just using figure, you know, you didn't really buy soap, but you see him in that element. And then I'm supposed to, you know, just totally suspend this belief. And on TV, you know, it's the total opposite. You know, that's why some people in wrestling, they carry their persona and their character onto social media, onto YouTube, onto others. You know, I'm not going to compare Alistair Black to MJF and others, but there are some people out there that will keep it consistent. And when you keep it consistent, you know, it feels a lot more organic. I think the character, you cloud the... I think one of the most successful things a wrestler could do is cloud keep that line between... Reality and fiction, cloudy. And that's what a lot of wrestlers, especially back in the day, were able to do. They would always keep that line cloudy where you weren't sure if it's this or if it's this. And, you know, I just, that to me is a problem with Alistair Black as well. And I got news for you. I'm not trying to cause controversy here. But if people remember when Alistair Black and Zelina Vega launched that channel, you know, it feels like Alistair Black's character on television changed. He went yeah. from fight me to now, you know, with the Kaio stuff and everything else, it almost feels like, all right, you know, you're going to go on YouTube and buy fucking milk, you know, then, all right, we're going to water down your character as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, WWE was a little annoyed at trying to create this this mystique about Alistair Black. It was a mystique. It was an aura. Yeah. You know? Look at The Undertaker. God bless him. Career was awesome. Still could have another match for sure. But yeah. imagine, imagine if The Undertaker 
was doing the Dead Man in 1991, two or three, and we had the internet at that time. And then we got the Dead Man on TV, or the or even the the, the corporate ministry. And then we look on fucking YouTube, and there he is with Sarah fucking going to buy fucking Zubaz pants. You know what I mean? It, it's just you you got to keep that aura. Alistair Black's got to understand that one of the most successful parts of his character was mystique and aura. And that YouTube channel removed all of that. Yeah. Likeable guy, nice mm. guy, without a doubt, decent guy. But all that mystique and aura is out the fucking door. You know, if he looked, if he looked at me and said, fight me, I probably would laugh. Yeah, there's nothing, and I know he can fight, he's legit, he's, you know, wash MMA, and he's kickboxer and all that stuff, and karate, but it doesn't, still, it's like, shrug your shoulders, it's like, eh, still more afraid of Bruiser Brody, and he's dead, but uh, again, I, I just don't know where he goes from here, because that whole mystique, and half the time he gets into a fight, he winds up getting the worst of it, Yeah, that's not what you're supposed to do with a, with a killer, or, or someone who's supposed to be... Like I said, I mean, back in the day, they protected guys like this. They protected Great Muda. They protected, uh, you know, dudes who were this mystery, and you really didn't know a lot about them. And maybe he could have did with a manager. He didn't talk. His talking doesn't help because, again, he doesn't have the cadence. He doesn't have the voice that puts a scare into you because you could say, well, Mike Tyson didn't either, Kevin. Everyone was terrified of him. Look how he talked. Yeah, but that's different. That's in boxing. And again, and also, you have to establish a reputation of being a badass. You can't just look like one. Oh, the guy's got his legs all tatted up and stuff. He must be crazy. He must be sick fighter. Eh, they're not necessarily. Um, and again, he hasn't really gotten into a tangible feud. He, he had a nice NXT run, but his run on the main roster has been uneventful. And again, Seth Rollins, I think maybe Seth changed himself, shaved his beard, cut his hair, did something to change himself. All he wound up doing was getting a woman's size extra small jacket and putting it on. Yeah. That's all he did. Well, that's that's all he doing that. No, no, I get that, but he's got enough juice that the guy can say, listen, I want to change, I want to change. I don't even see him punk said he was doing straight society. It was his idea to go that Jesus look and continue change to grow the hair out and stuff. You know, but he changed it. He had a different, complete different persona than he had before, than that more of a clean-cut look. Uh, Seth Rollins just could have did something to change it up. I mean, you you, you know it, DT. Always, guys, you know, Undertaker, why has he stayed relevant? He's changed it up. He's all the looks, and they showed the cavalcade of all the, the different incarnations. To what, though? I don't know. I don't know. That's where they have to come up with creative, too. I mean, don't the That's why the I blame WWE. But doesn't the talent have to be creative, too, and... and, and Put that upon the WWE saying, hey, I got some ideas. Isn't those are the guys who go the furthest, guys who have ideas for themselves? Yeah, but if they do the Monday Night Messiah thing, he's not gonna they're not gonna do stained glass things and change the music and have him come like this and then, you know, two months later, you know, hey, I wanna shave my uh, beard and Oh no, no, I get it, DT, you're right. They're going with the fact that he looks like Jesus, but hasn't he always? Hasn't he always looked like that? Yeah. He's always looked like that. He had yeah. somewhat blonde, blonde in his yeah. hair at one point when he was in the shield. Hair was a little bit short, always wet. But he's always kind of looked yeah. like that. He hasn't really changed much, you know? Well, um, Anthony Diaz says that he misses the good old days of Alice the Black battling brothers. Yeah, I remember that. You know, he was battling somebody of color almost every week. But he <laughs> battled uh, Seth Rollins today and not only got curb stomped and lost, but he also... Uh, you know, it, w it wasn't eye for an eye, but it was hand for a hand. 
Because they, yep. uh, I, I mean, what is this now? I, I mean, did they in storyline like fuck up his hand so he doesn't hit enter when he wants to do his next YouTube video? Um, they totally punked out Alice the Black tonight. They did. I wouldn't be they surprised did. if this maybe leads to uh, SummerSlam. Well, they turn, you know, they turn him heel. And also, I don't think he makes a very good baby face right now. He'd make a much better baby face once he's a killer heel and then he gets over to that point to turn him baby face, which is what they used to do in the old days with guys. Yeah. Uh, they don't do that anymore. They turn like that, snap of a finger, and they yeah. turn. Sam, but, uh, is that correct that this was Alistair Black's first pin loss on the main roster? Is it? Wow. If that is true... Uh, that's pretty impressive. Now, you know, early sort of kind of got it wrong with the belts thing, but uh, you don't want to be too, you don't want to be two for two, but I think he could be right because I'm trying to think right now how, I can't think of another match where Alistair Black actually got pinned because even the stuff with Caillou, I think it was Caillou that was always the one. Uh, you know what, Rizzo? I yes. AJ Styles pinned him. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. Can't can't yes. go with yes. you no more, Sam. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> AJ sorry. Styles beat him. So my apologies, everybody. But uh, so getting on to um, MVP and Lashley, we see it, he has another thing. They're in the back with Ron Simmons. Oh, Ron yeah, Simmons. Yeah. I mean, people, even young fans now, they only know him as damn. He's fucking having a regular conversation. Oh, think about what I said. And he's talking to Viking Raiders. And, and I'm like, it's nice to see Ron Simmons. Don't get me wrong. But who the fuck really wants to see Ron Simmons just having a regular conversation? People want to, you know, the moments you remember of him when he comes out there and just looks at someone and goes, damn. You know, I just thought that was, Sam, it's all right. It's cool. We are, we're all it's good. You know what, Sam? You weren't really far off. He was probably only the second time or the third time that Alistair no. Black has been pinned. So, not bad. But that goes to show you he hasn't been pinned much, and it just feels like a downward spiral right now for Black. Well, because so, he's on the he's on the receiving end. There's so many beatdowns all the time. So you could say that he hasn't been pinned, but he's been jumped in the back. He's been jumped in the ring. He's been jumped up the walkway. He's jumped at ringside. He's been beaten down a lot. So that's the that's where we can get it all convoluted and say, oh, oh yeah, he hasn't technically lost, but he's always on the receiving end of an ass kicking. Yeah, that's even worse in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we had um, MVP and Lashley in the back. They uh, see our truth. And MVP is basically saying he wants to go to the ring and he wants to bring another champion with him in the ring. And MVP's, uh, I mean, R Truth is like, I ain't going in the ring with you. And R Truth accuses MVP of having like a replica title. But then out of nowhere, you know, MVP distracted R Truth. Shelton Benjamin comes out of nowhere, rolls up R Truth. And Shelton Benjamin is your new 24 7 champion. Not only does he win the belt, but then you have Lashley. MVP and Shelton Benjamin entering the ring together. So, yeah. you you happy? I mean, even though the 24-7 title is just shit, 
I'm kind of happy that Shelton Benjamin's getting some time now on TV. Me, me too. You always like Shelton Sovai. He's been such an underutilized guy, even in his mid 40s. He's in great shape. Remember, this is the guy who helped train Brock Lesnar. He was Shelton was a hot prospect too back in that OVW class of what was it 2001 or 2002 with him and Randy and Batista and everybody being John Cena. Everybody became a big superstar from that. But there was him and Charlie Haas who've always been great utility players, but never really got to that level. And I think it's probably kind of haunted uh, Shelton to a degree, because I even saw his, his called a shoot interview with Lillian Garcia, where he really opened up about his career and why he even re-signed with WWE, because he knows where he's at now, but he wouldn't mind one more big push, as, mu- as big as they'll push him, is what he said on Lillian Garcia. Yeah. And I guess this hurt business is something, I know he goes back with MVP, and he goes back with Bobby Lashley, he was in the company when those two guys were coming up, I'm sure there's a camaraderie there, and I like it, I like, and I like the name, the hurt business, I like it, I like it, uh, you know, I want to see when they start getting merch and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm behind this crew. I like it. And if they add Cedric uh, Alexander as a heel, I'm going to like it even more. I'm, I'm liking this crew, and I hope they become the number one faction on that on that show. The only problem is if it gets too big, what do you counter yeah. with? That's a good point. The, the baby faces will have to make a uh, <laughs> have to form yeah, a crew. What baby faces? I know. You know what I mean? Like lot. that's that's the problem. Doing some of the things they're doing. That's why I don't think that faction is going to get that big right now because you actually look at the raw roster and you, you, Alistair Black is a good example of that. That is one of your few baby faces that is tremendous, well, was tremendously over and is still very well liked, don't get me wrong, but you don't have a big faction to go against them now. It was cool. Because those three hit the ring, and you have Cedric and Ricochet confronting them. And basically, originally, MVP is telling them, you know, that uh, first he's saying, like, oh, you're coming out here for your boy, Apollo Crews, who's nowhere to be found, and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you two could take on any of us, any combination of the three. Pick two of the three. And Ricochet and Cedric Alexander says that, no, they don't need to pick two out of three because they actually do have a tag partner for the night. I thought they were going to bring out R-Truth, even though it kind of doesn't make sense after R-Truth refusing to go out there. But they bring out Mustafa Ali, who has definitely put on, I think, another 10 pounds of muscle. Uh, Looked really good. Um, Match was good. I mean... The the beatdown clan, you know, as a lot of people call it, the hurt. Mm-hmm. They did a number on Alexander Ricochet and Mustafa Ali, but at the very end, you know, we had uh, the good guys, you know, get a little bit of offense. And man, there was that one point where Lashley got knocked over the announcers' table. Yeah, you I know, saw that. He went right over. He doesn't. Fall like that all that often, but that looked pretty damn sweet. I know a lot of people that caught their eye online, but basically what happened was MVP tried to give Ali the big boot, um, hit the neck breaker, and then got the 450 splash for the win. So not only is Mustafa Ali officially on Raw, because remember, the rumors were a couple of weeks ago that he was now on Raw, and then he was moved back to the SmackDown roster on the website, then he posts a cryptic tweet kind of insinuating that he's got pull and he's brought him back to SmackDown, and then tonight he's actually on Raw. Um, We'll see if he remains a wrestler on Raw. I think it's absolutely necessary. 
Um, and I'm glad that the hacker storyline is pretty much history. Yeah, he's he's. He, I'm not a big fan per se. He reminds me a lot of like a, a smaller Seth Rollins. The way Ziggler reminds me of HBK. I think he kind of is a little bit too much like Rollins, and to a degree, he's a little bit more acrobatic in the ring. Rollins is also older. Um, he's small, but he's good. He's got a lot of fire, and he made a good comeback. And I was actually excited to see him because it's been a while, and we're always hearing, where, where, where was this guy? When's he coming back? Where, the, where are they keeping this dude? So it was good to see him, and he, he, was, he looked like he was amped up to be there where his momentum was just taking him all over the place, and even when he uh, went outside the ring. So he had a lot of excitement to that. I'm not the biggest Ricochet fan, so if that was Ricochet and Cedric, I like. Um, but if they just had some other, you know, typical partner or some job guy. But it was good to see Ali back, and he was in fine form uh, returning tonight. So it was uh, – I enjoyed that match. Next, we had uh, Randy Orton. And, look, I know he's been wrestling for a lot of years. But, you know, he's reminding me why I enjoy his work. Yeah, um, me too. I don't mind him on Raw, and when he cuts a promo, it's not the most polished, but when he cuts a promo, I think one thing that a majority of people out there will admit is he commands your attention. You stop, and you pay attention. And, you know, you can tell when he's got bullet points that he has to cover, but, you know, basically, you know, he's talking about reflection tonight, reflecting on being part of evolution, Reflecting on the match with Mick Foley at Backlash, which actually had some social media buzz last week, being the youngest world champion of all time, and he then talks about, you know, uh, you know, Edge and Christian. He said that him, Christian, and Big Show were all guys who once saved him from himself, and you know, he said that it felt fantastic knowing that he ended Edge's career and ruin Christian's chance for one more match. And we would end up getting an appearance from Christian because shortly yeah. after this with the Viking Raiders and Ron Simmons talking in the back, Christian is on simulcast from his house. Kind of like the setup behind him, but we've seen him on, you know, the bump and, you know, that, that other show that's on Fox. I can't remember the show. Backstage. Backstage, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he basically says he'll never look at Ric Flair or Randy Orton the same way again. He says that, you know, some days are better than others. But frankly, he doesn't feel all that good right now. And, you know, he wants to see Big Show knock, it, knock Randy Orton out tonight. Even though if anybody actually was checking out my YouTube preview, I actually had, was writing the match results early on. And I had written the match result of Randy Orton and Big Show about 15 minutes before it happened because I didn't think there was any chance that Big Show was winning that match tonight. Randy Orton's got a momentum right now. The interesting thing is, is that now they're going McIntyre Ziggler. I think WWE really wants McIntyre Lesnar. Now, someone, I can't remember who it was, pointed out to me that even though they got the travel situation still between Canada and the U.S., there can be something worked out with like a work visa or something. Right. Um, I think the problem is is that Brock Lesnar may just not want to leave his fucking house right now because of COVID. He's hey. got the money. He lives in an area where it's private. He doesn't want to be around people. 
So there's not much incentive to get him out of his house right now, let alone imagine if he gets stuck in the United States and can't get back to Canada. Um, so it almost feels like the Ziggler-McIntyre match is inaudible because originally I kind of thought it would be McIntyre-Lesnar for SummerSlam. And it also feels like they don't want to do McIntyre and Orton because that would have been an interesting SummerSlam match. Kind of says to me that this SummerSlam match for McIntyre is the audible to buy more time. And then we'll see after SummerSlam if Lesnar could come in. And if Lesnar doesn't come in or maybe the situation with COVID is still really, really bad then I think that's when they pull the card and have Randy Orton and McIntyre. Well, it's interesting. Some of our Canadian contingency here are say, is saying uh, the real issue for Brock would be getting back to Canada, not going to the well, that's U.S. That's what I just said. I said it's imagine him getting stuck in Florida. Yeah, the, he wouldn't be able to go back home. You know him, he likes to be where he likes to be. And uh, it would be nice to see him for SummerSlam. But you're thinking at this point, DT, no chance for him for SummerSlam? No, it's not. he's not coming back for SummerSlam. You know, okay. It's not happening. It's not happening. I mean, it, and it would be absolutely moronic to have him come back just to maybe F5 Drew McIntyre. Look, McIntyre name-dropped Lesnar today just to keep that right, out there. Right. That's uh, what I was saying. Is there a chance? Is there a chance? I don't think so. Okay. No. No. I mean, they, you're going from Lesnar McIntyre, and I'm a Ziggler fan. You're going from Lesnar McIntyre to Lesnar Ziggler again. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. That's a huge discrepancy, and the fact that they don't even want to do Orton right now, you know, I think some people out there probably would prefer Orton and McIntyre than Lesnar and McIntyre. So personally, I don't think there's any chance right now, and it's a shame that they still have Paul Heyman employed, and I, I don't know if it's Heyman's in his contract. I don't know if it's just WWE's decision, but it just really pisses me off that they absolutely refuse to have Paul Heyman manage someone else. Doesn't have to be Cesaro or some of the you know the, the the typical people, but man, talk about a guy who is just awesome on the mic, intelligent, everything about him and he's not being used. But then again, maybe Heyman does not want to be around right now because of COVID as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I agree, James. To, to quote Dolph Ziggler last week, Brock Lesnar's chances of being at SummerSlam is 0.0. So, um, but, uh, so, you know, we, we have, um, oh, you know what? Somebody wanted to point out, and, you know, we, we kind of brought this up earlier, too, just to, mm-hmm. to, to be certain about this, because it was part of the trivia contest for Patreon. Um, okay. Apollo is officially still the U.S. champ. Again, okay. I don't. I guess even though they're saying that MVP won by forfeit, that match it wasn't a match. I, as far as I'm concerned, the match it's not a win by forfeit because if it's a win by forfeit, if the title's involved, you're the champion as well. I mean, you look at Oscar. Becky Lynch couldn't compete, so they did the thing where the title was in the briefcase. You've had other people, oh, if he can't answer the 10 count, then I'm the champion. So all the times in the past, if somebody could not compete in the match, that person became champion. So as far as I'm concerned, there was no forfeit match yesterday. 
Just no. WWE just didn't have one. Uh, that's a good segue into uh, the other mystery with the belt, right? With Sasha Banks and yes. Stephanie. So, well, before that, we had uh, the interview segment with Bianca Belair and right. Ruby Riot and Peyton Royce. We already talked about this, yeah. you know, yeah. Ruby Riot getting the victory again. Um, don't want to cause any controversy, but uh, do you think we should read into the fact that? Uh, Billy Kay was not there tonight, or is it possible they just wanted to have a singles match between, you know, Peyton Royce and, you know, Ruby Riot? No interference, no clusterfuck, get yeah, her maybe. a solid win. So maybe they just used that with Billy Kay just so she she's not on TV? Or do you think there's yeah. more of that to that story? They just, uh, nah, I think they're just giving Billy Kay's two left feet a break. Uh, and they're, they're spotlighting and highlighting Peyton Royce more. I think there is something there to Peyton Royce's new attitude in the ring and her confidence and, and just even going after people. She's like more of a chicken shit when she's with Billy Kay, but she wasn't afraid at all tonight and she wasn't running away. So, again, her style is changing. And, and again, she her husband's a great wrestler. She's posting training videos all the time on Instagram. She should be getting better, and she is. Billy Kay posts uh, pictures of her at the mall. So, I don't know. One, yeah. I guess taking their career much more seriously. And the one who needs to get better isn't. So it's really confusing to me. I, I think Billy Kay is a good promo, but she's not that good of a promo that she can rest on those laurels. Yeah. Just uh, finish up with uh, MVP's crew, Cassette Classics. I love the idea of do, redoing the Beatdown Clan. Problem is, is oh, yeah. once again, who do you put them up against? I think that's the problem. Um you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, just to let everybody know, I accidentally just closed this little chat thing. So I'll acknowledge everybody verbally that posts something. But I just wanted to mention it because we are going to wrap this up soon because we've already gone an hour forty. Yeah. And right. as I said, these cannot go over two hours anymore. Um, right. It's just the processing and just everything. It's too much. But uh, so we had um, after Ruby Riot and Paint Royce, the Street Profits non-title match defeat right. Andrade and Angel Garza. A little bit of miscommunication once again. Street Profits looking great, um, yeah, not did. missing a beat. And uh, you know, again, I, I don't know why they did non-title. You know, they won anyway. But um, Andrade and Garza are not on the same page. Last no. week, you and I had that conversation of maybe they end up having a match against each other at SummerSlam. I'm still thinking that's going to happen. You know, Zelina Vega is acting like she's all but had it with them two constantly going against each other. And, you know, they said that they're on the same page. Zelina Vega says, prove it. And we go to commercial. So do yeah. you see them having this challenge at SummerSlam? Yeah, and I told you, I feel that uh, Andrade, even despite the little bit of the language barrier problem, he's getting better, obviously. He's engaged to Charlotte Flair, and I'm sure he's getting better with his English and maybe, you know, let him a little bit more loose without Selena kind of, you know, interfering and always speaking for him. He could be a babyface and get a decent babyface run. I think she's going to wind up with Hector Garza on her own with him, the younger generation guy. He's going to do this Lothario, you know, bad boy gimmick or whatever he's doing with the ladies. 
um, unless they face uh, Zelina out completely with those two. But I think they'll keep her on as a manager. I don't see Selena. I know she has desire to get in the ring, and she trains hard with Alistair Black all the time. She's another one always posting videos of her working out, and she wants to wrestle. Uh, but I don't think I think she's better off being a manager. I think her job is more secure that way. Yeah. Uh, but I th- I just envision Andrade. You're talking about where's the baby faces? Andrade getting a baby face run as a as a upper mid card, maybe a top like guy. I don't yeah. like that. I just even if he speaks speaks beautiful English right now, he doesn't have that charisma that makes me want to root for him. Like I'm no, not he saying he's a maybe, bad guy, maybe he can work but, him, yeah. but he just comes off as. I don't give a fuck, guy. You know what I mean? Like, if he comes all, you know, like, even if he, see, that's, once again, the problem of not having fans in attendance. Like, the NXT fans could get behind him and give that suspension of disbelief, but they also were extremely loud for Oni Lorkin on NXT, and most people didn't give a shit about that either. Um, I just think Andrade, we're happy for him in Charlotte. Comes off as a, a a good guy outside in in the real world from what we have seen of him, but he's yeah. just not a guy that I think has ever had that real connection with the fans. It's always been Zelina Vega's voice that oh, connected with, with the fans, and not Andrade. I'm just I don't care about Andrade all that much. But if they split and they got to have one guy go one way or the other, could Garza be a babyface at this point? No, Maybe he can. Just I would never know. I would love. Yeah. I want to see Garza and Caio be a heel tag team. Get yeah, rid of Andrade, put Caillou in there instead. Two, you know, young heartthrobs. Heart Zelina Vega could be like the Sherry to the boy toy, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Now, even though Zelina Vega's got that little bit of an attitude, but so did Sherry Martel. True. Sherry Martel True. would take her shoes off and fucking whack somebody in the head with her boots. So, but, uh, well, next we have Bailey and Sasha Banks. They hit the ring, and right. Sasha's got the Raw Women's Championship. Once again, um, oh, Anthony Diaz, I said it earlier, he got he just got the Kabuki Warriors autograph. What is your postman come 1 a.m.? How did you just wow. get it now? But cool, I'm glad you got it. Um, I always give my stuff out, I always promise. But basically, here's where we have a void of no authority figure. You know, you have Sasha Banks in the ring with the belt. You have... Asuka on the rampway with Kyrie saying, and she's basically saying, you know, that Raw Women's Championship, mine, mine. So how do you fix it? You have no authority figure. Next thing we know, Stephanie's on the monitor doing a Zoom call, and she basically says that, you know, Sasha, Asuka, that match yesterday was truly a horror, horror show. So next week... On Raw, it's going to be one-on-one, as we said earlier. Any interference, disqualification, anything you could lose. So that sets up their match next week. And then um, basically Asuka and Kairi Sane, right after Stephanie's announcement, they hit the ring, chase Sasha and Bayley out. We go to commercial, we come back, and then we have Kairi Sane beating Bailey in an excellent match, 15 minutes. Right. As we right. talked about earlier with that match, I think it's Kyrie Sane's swan song as far as in the ring. Goes out on top. Beating Bailey like that, if you think about it, makes no sense. No. Unless you say that she should be in the title picture, you know, but they did not give that aura at all. It felt like, oh, she won. 
Oh, what yeah. is, that doesn't do that doesn't say well to Bailey, but they didn't go anywhere with Bailey's like her run for SummerSlam. So, you know, I loved the match tonight. It was great. It was refreshing to see Kyrie Singh get this win, especially under the circumstances. And uh, we will see what transpires next week. But I personally am still going with what I said earlier. Um, you know, but if this is her swan song, I loved and kudos to WWE for allowing her to get a nice win in the ring to finish yes. her in-ring career with WWE. I totally agree. Yeah. Schreiber's interviewing Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is saying he feels like, like he fell down a flight of stairs. He hits the ring. He's basically confronted by Dolph Ziggler, as we said earlier. Ziggler wants one more match, one more match. You know, I'll do anything. You could pick the stipulation, blah, 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 blah. First, Drew McIntyre says no rematch. You know, Ziggler's almost begging for it. So Drew McIntyre's like, all right, you know, I actually, I, I, I will accept. I'll, but I come up with the stipulation. And just like you, I'm not telling you the stipulation until right before. But later on, we get an announcement that McIntyre's going to announce the stipulation next week. Right. So we're getting the stipulation announced early, which probably is a good idea. Because if it's a good stipulation... You want to build that up because honestly, I think some people just felt the stipulation yesterday felt kind of flat. So yeah. I, I like the idea of announcing the stipulation early, especially if it's a good one. I agree. You know, so then we have Big Show cutting a promo, wondering if he still has it. I enjoyed it. I don't mind a little Big Show as long as it's kept in, you know, like just spurts here and there. God bless him. I'll keep saying it. God bless him that he could still do it at that size and his age. Um, he's just a good guy. I just I know a lot of people that doesn't you know mean you want to see him on TV, but that's just a no. guy that you know I, I don't mind a little bit of him. They had the main event on Raw, and you know the only thing I did not like about that match is that it was unsanctioned. And so much of it was inside the ring. I, I mean, agree, you would yeah. think if you're going to have an unsanctioned match, anything goes. Unsanctioned means that WWE doesn't endorse it or be responsible for it, but they got a fucking referee in the ring. Most of the match was in the ring. It felt very lackluster for an unsanctioned match. Yeah, it did, and they were kind of, you know, pressed for time to a degree. They wanted, you know, they're going to end on time. They don't do any runovers anymore. And with that match, it's really not necessary. Uh, you know, as it was getting close, I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be kind of a fuck finish or Randy's going to get the pin on him. Uh, and then, of course, eventually he did uh, running, you know, down to the wire, a minute and a half to go. Yeah. Um, again, they got to feed people to uh, Randy Orton in the legends category, the legends category, because, uh, you know, to... to reiterate that gimmick um i don't know if there's anybody else he can face until you know edge or christian or whoever comes back to feud with him uh, or maybe he's going to go after bring back some other older guys who still work but i don't know uh you know brandy orton is obviously uh a main he's the main heel on this show he's the main i would say would you say he's the main guy on this show outside of drew mcintyre um no i wouldn't say he's the main guy but he's definitely the top heel on yeah. on raw without a doubt 
I I wonder if Ciampa comes to Raw. I don't know yeah. if they're gonna go that underground. You know what I mean? Like we know on social media that little bit of friction, but it's not like mainstream to the WWE universe. So I don't know how much of that uh, translates to TV. So maybe they give Randy Orton a little bit of time off. You know, I mean, he hasn't really spent that much time there. But with Ric Flair not being there for the next few weeks at minimum, it no. really no sense to, you know, like he just disappeared. You know what I mean? So yeah. maybe taking Randy Orton t- off TV for a little while is a good idea. Yeah. Can't hurt. But right. that's how Raw went off the air. You know, not a bad show. I think better than recent weeks. Um you know, we'll see what happens next week. Next week is Sasha versus Bay uh, with Sasha versus Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Bailey not, you know, really supposed to be around ringside, but I have a feeling Bailey's interference will cause Sasha to win. We'll see what happens with Kyrie Sane. We'll see what happens with Shayna Baszler because you know Shayna Baszler is going to have uh, some force next week. Then next week, Drew McIntyre with that stipulation. And you know, we'll see. We'll see what goes down. SummerSlam is officially at the Performance Center once again. I don't think that was any secret for anybody out there, but um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we got like two or three minutes left. Um, first off, Mike Bennett. You know, the, he's now officially a free agent. And one thing I found interesting because I have celebrated. The anniversary every year that he is drug free and he's now clean for a couple of years and i don't know why he waited until now but he revealed on twitter over the weekend that he actually not only never went into wwe sponsored rehab but he claims that wwe management never ever reached out to him to see if he was okay and if he needed rehab and he gives all the credit to his wife that his wife is the one that got him clean and was there for the support. You're a little surprised that Mike Benton, Bennett didn't reveal this, maybe because he was still under contract. That's probably the reason. But you're a little surprised that WWE never reached out for, to him about rehab. Sounds a little odd. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little surprised. I mean, listen, both of them, him and his wife Maria, are very calculated with how they post and what they do. She much more than him. And I, you know, she, I think she wears the pants in the family, literally and figuratively, um, not just in the gimmick that they did. Um, you know, they're both very bitter at the WWE. It's understandable in one degree, and in another sense, as everybody says, you know, you milked four years of money out of them and didn't have to do much. Then Heyman took a shine to you for a couple of months. You're on TV, then you were off again. Had another kid. Uh, you know, they did. You know, let them off for the two times that they had two different, uh, two children. I think the company in the end treated them pretty good. I don't think they have anything to be angry about. It seemed they were because uh, I'm blocked by Maria now. So are many people, probably a lot of you guys on the uh, YouTube thread and uh, in Discord are blocked too because she went on a spree of blocking people uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think they have any reason to be better. They can, you know, move on. Look, other people appeared. We're not going to get into the whole thing now, but some former WWE people got cut along with them, appeared on Impact. Uh, this past Saturday night and then made a return or made a debut. Other people uh, could show up to Ring of Honor. From what I understand, Billy uh, Corrigan is saying uh, the NWA is not folding. He's going to continue on. Uh, it's it's not going anywhere. So there'll be other places for him to go. They just 
he, he, they came over. I can still read his tweets. I'm not blocked from him yet, but it's very bitter. So, you know, I just, you know, again, okay, now you can let loose, do a shoot interview, bash the WWE, do what you got to do. But everybody kind of knows their story. That was the one surprising thing about the rehab. We all, I think all of us as podcasters, I'm not saying we reported it, but the scuttlebutt was that they did pay for rehab for him. I remember us talking about it, Soup, and other shows. Uh, I could have sworn I heard almost every podcast mentioned that uh, WWE sponsored rehab for Mike Bennett. I thought it was a known thing. So I was surprised. Yeah. You know? One other thing that surprised me, we'll close out with this. We'll close out with this. Chris Jericho revealed on his uh, Friday night podcast, I think, over the weekend, that when Ryback was at his peak in popularity, around like 2014-ish, Chris Jericho thought that maybe Ryback should be the one to end Undertaker's winning streak at WrestleMania. Find that a little surprising? Yeah, I do, actually. I didn't even hear that. Yeah, yeah. He, He does a really fun late night podcasts with you know for everybody out there he has a couple of drinks he talks he's very down to earth talks about pretty much anything i mean talk is jericho is great as well but that podcast he does on a weekend online it's a pisser i get to catch it a little bit here and there but yeah you know i i have a lot of love for ryback there was a point where i was not a big fan but you know that changed over some time and you know, I Me think too, he's man. in a very good place right now. Very happy, very in fit. But, you know, I think back to that time, and it would have been very interesting to see Ryback as a babyface defeat Undertaker for the streak. Remember, Ryback as a babyface. Find that a little bit interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. And he does he does a pretty good podcast. I've listened to him a few times. I've I've really opened up to listen to a lot of different podcasts, you know, on downtime or well, there's a lot lately with COVID because my industry is still shut down, no timetable to return. So I've used that to listen to other podcasts, check out other stuff that I never did before. And his podcast is pretty good. He does seem in a good place right back. I like him a lot more now than I did a couple of years yeah. ago. With that said, we are done tonight. So tomorrow on your Patreon, you have your solo show, Castle yeah, Chronicles. 815 Castle Chronicles. You can go sign up Patreon now. Uh, Patreon slash Don Tony. Sign up now. Sign up tomorrow and join us tomorrow night, 815 on the live Discord chat. Sounds good. I'll talk to you tomorrow night. Yeah, just real quick because I didn't say it uh, yesterday. Uh, happy birthday belated a day to Killer Cross, Kev Cross, and happy birthday to DJ Dells. birthday was, well, now yesterday because it's 1 o'clock, but happy birthday to both Very of those cool. guys who are friends. Friends of the show. Thanks, man. Peace, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Take care. All right, everybody. Ah, gonna, you know, I definitely don't want these go over two hours anymore because that processing on YouTube is murder. Friday show is still missing an hour, but on YouTube, I posted the Vimeo link that you could actually watch the full show in its entirety. And I know several thousand of you have already done that, so I don't want that ever happening again. In fact, I'm actually recording backups here tonight. I was a little concerned, because I didn't have it configured the way I wanted it to, but it seems like it's okay. So um, we only have about 30 seconds. I just wanted to mention very quickly that, who was it? Oh fuck! I'm just trying to get his name over here. I'm missing it. I don't. I don't have his name. Oh, it's what the hell is that? Ugoi Uches with six year anniversary coming up for the Bellas. That infamous storyline. You should have died in the womb. 
We're going to continue the history shows on Friday, but I am going to trim it down tremendously. But I promise you, when we hit the anniversary of the Bellas with that storyline, we will reminisce. We will reminisce when they were in fucking California eating dinner together, taking pictures in the middle. Just like I said earlier, big feud on TV. You can't like not be seen in public for a couple of weeks. God awful. God awful. Also, to Rizzo, Velveteen Dream, no update as of yet. I did get a little uh, blurb from someone I know privately that Velveteen Dream, they might actually do something on Wednesday with him. We'll know in two days. So we'll see what happens in two days, and uh, I'll definitely cover it. So I will give you an update. And the new Carrying Cross shirt is really sweet. I am buying one. I probably get to pick it up tonight or tomorrow. I mean, I'll have to wait a few days to get it. But probably by next Wednesday show, I'll get to wear it. But uh, this week, I may go retro once again. Uh, you all voted for me to pay a little love to Ravishing Rick Rude. Maybe we'll do another retro. I, I might even wear the Dusty, show, Dusty Road shirt that I got on Wednesday. Um, it's a really cool shirt when you check it out. But anyway... We're only a minute away from hitting the two-hour mark. I wanted to acknowledge everybody uh, with the Super Chats. And uh, if I did forget anyone, which I don't believe I did, I promise you, first thing Wednesday, I will get into it. Before you go, everybody, I'd appreciate if you hit the like button. There's like seven or 800 of you right now that have not done so. Allows the show to get a little bit more exposure in some other areas. I appreciate it very much. I thank you as always. And uh, I'm out of here. So make sure to check me out Wednesday right here on YouTube for Wednesday Night Dynamite. Everyone, much love as always. I'll catch you all again Wednesday. Ciao. John, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. John, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? The fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. 
My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 